Hey guys, welcome to With Joy, a self-improvement podcast featuring the dynamic life experiences of successful people across the world in all sorts of fields. Today I'm talking to Maranella Yule, who traveled to Australia, New Zealand, huge chunks of Asia, Europe, Latin America, basically the whole world. More specifically, we'll be talking about her journey biking across America in 89 days. Let's go on in and have a chat with her. So I'm originally from California. Um, I went to university for marketing in Boston. And while I was there, I studied abroad in Argentina for six months. And then in graduating university, I decided to bicycle across the United States with my father. Um, and that was about three months. And then from there, I uh, moved to Europe for about a year and a half where I did marketing and taught English. Then I was in Asia for about six months just traveling. Came back, did another bicycling trip with my father from Alaska down to Washington State, and now I'm currently living in Montreal. That's crazy. You're a big traveler, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. My goodness. So, you know, I'm assuming you started biking after you graduated from university. Is that correct? Yeah. So that was my very first bike trip. I didn't even have a bike before. I bought my bike like a month before the trip. I actually really hated bicycling beforehand, so this trip was definitely like total jump into the ocean type of thing. Yeah, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, there's always an excuse not to do something. And so my motto kind of is find the excuse to do it. And my excuse was, well, why not? What other thing do I have going on? I easily could have been like, oh no, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Like I have no training. My dad wanted to do something kind of crazy just to prove to himself that he's still young at heart type of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So he was like, and we're, we have a really good relationship. So he was like, do it, do it. Come with me, come with me. And I was like, no, no, no. And then, yeah. So finally I just like convinced myself to do it somehow. I don't know. I just like woke up one day and was like, okay, I'll do it. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. It was just kind of my dad's idea more of the bicycling part. And also you go faster across the country bicycling than rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a practical side to it as well. Yeah. So Marinella, when you were biking, how did you go about, did you just bike for like a month straight? Like, how did you do this? So for this particular, for across the United States, um, it was three months, 89 days exactly. And yeah, so every day we were going um, 50 to 60 miles average, which is like around 100 kilometers average every day. Every seventh day would be like a rest day. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So we just, just biked. And in terms of training for that, like if you're going, if you're doing a hard trip for like a week, maybe do some training, but for three months of a trip, like you do your training on the trip. Like it's kind of hard to prepare for such a long trip. Right. So, um, so yeah, like the first couple of weeks were really hard uh, just for my muscles and everything. But then after that, it was more or less smooth sailing in terms of muscles. Fantastic. Then logistically speaking, did you stay at hotels or like, how did you get your food arranged? Like how was everything in the logistics side of things? So across the United States, so we followed a trail called the called the Trans-American Trail, and it's by a company, ACA, Adventure Cycling Association. It was founded on the bicentennial of the United States, so in 1976 was the very first like ride across on this trail. And so they have a bunch of maps out for it, and because it's so well-known, it's been going on since 1976, that the communities it goes through are very open accepting of bicyclists. So like churches will open their doors so you can like sleep in their community centers or they all have showers or even locals will be like, yeah, you can camp out in my backyard and like shower. 
So a lot of like friendliness there. So it was a mix of like some hotels, some camping in campgrounds or some camping in like people's lawns. One, it was like a bar. Like they're like, yeah, we have like space in the back of the bar, just like camp out there. And then food, because we hit like a small town pretty much every day, we pretty much just like ate in a restaurant in a diner. And because we were biking so many miles, like that's a lot of calories you need to like consume. Right. Um, so eating in a restaurant, it was just nice because you need all the food and you can't carry all that stuff. But bicycling from Alaska, seeing that a lot more wilderness and not a lot of people that live up there, we would carry our food with us and it was more like instant, like instant potatoes, instant rice to get that like calorie count. But yeah, when you're biking, there's no better place than like a diner that you can have like pancakes bigger than your face type of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. And I can imagine, you know, it must be exhausting to do that every single day. So, you know, really cheers to you and your dad. He's definitely young then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, Marinella. So with all of that biking, why exactly did you decide to go traveling again afterwards? Yeah, no, same kind of same premise. I was like, all right, so what to do next? Um, I knew I wanted to travel already uh, just because I'm young and why rush going into the workplace? Um, there's plenty of time to work. Uh, so I figured why not? And as a Canadian citizen as well, you could do the working holiday visa, which I know like a lot of Australians and New Zealand people take advantage of. Well, I'll just kind of country hop a little bit with the different working holidays. And so I did that with the Czech Republic. Yeah. And it's basically, it's literally that you can go on holiday and vacation or you can work. It gives you that opportunity versus like a work permit you have to work. Right. Um, so it was a good experience in the Czech Republic. I didn't really travel before to like Eastern Central Europe. So I definitely got to see a lot more there and luckily gain work experience with my marketing and English teaching. But then after two years abroad, I was like, okay, maybe it's time to like settle a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I still wanted to gain a different experience and to potentially learn a new language. And so that kind of left me like with Quebec because I didn't want to do visas. And so Quebec is pretty different from the rest of North America in the sense of the French component and European component. So now here I am um, and it's been it's been great so far. So that's a great point. I recall you mentioning that you also went to Asia. So what was that about for you? Yeah, so after a year and a half in Europe, my visa was running out and I was like, okay, where do I go next? And unfortunately for me particularly, I don't know about other travelers, but once I spend a place in one place for a long time, I start getting bored. Like in Europe, it's beautiful, but it's like, oh, another church. Oh, more cobblestone. Oh, okay. Like I wasn't, and it was, it was sad. I was like, okay, I can't go travel someplace and not be excited. I, it's not, doesn't do justice to like Italy or Spain or wherever if right. I'm not excited about it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let me go to Asia. And I, I have family in the Philippines. So I was like, okay, well I can see them. I haven't seen them for like 13 years. So it was kind of like twofold. Like one, I want to still travel, but see something new. And two, I got to see family I haven't seen in a long time, but I didn't work there. I just traveled around the different countries ate a lot of food, <laughs> tried to avoid the mosquitoes, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you went through all these countries, were there any, you know, specific skills or hobbies that you also did within, I don't know, like the different environments that you were in? Yeah, well, in the Philippines, I got uh, certified to scuba dive with Patty, and that was something I wanted to do for a while. My dad was a scuba diver before, um, so I grew up with seeing, actually, he would have his scuba gear in my closet, growing up and I was like what? why is your in my closet <laughs> like I'm a girl I need closet space um 
But uh, yeah, so I grew up seeing it. Might as well get certified there. And it was so beautiful, so much fun. Um, saw the corals, saw some sharks, um, did shipwreck diving. So yeah, and it definitely is very physical. Like you do feel like you have a workout at the end. And mm-hmm. you don't really think like that, like because it's like, oh, you just kind of sink to the bottom and you just like float around. <laughs> but but actually when I get up, like I'm starving, I'm so tired. So I don't know, maybe it's a combination of like the water pressure and stuff. Yeah, no, it's definitely a workout scuba diving. Right. And you know, after you do so much exercise, did you, I don't know, it's kind of given that you might see, I don't know, did you lose weight? Did you, how was that entire process after all this exercise? Did you yeah, feel so, better about yourself? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so my, my uh, first bicycle trip across the United States, I mean, just like any other female or man or millennial, I guess, in this time period and Gen Z, I guess you can say, anyone who's growing up with social media and been around social media, we have a little bit of a body image problem, I don't want to say, but like we see the Instagram models and I mean, there are a lot of people who are very confident in their body, but guarantee you there's always going to be like 1% of us that are like, okay, I could use a little less there, like a little less fat there, or like, oh, I wish I had more of a six pack or something like this. Exactly. Um, and, and so that was me. I was kind of always like pretty confident in my body, but I was always thinking, well, if I didn't have those donuts, then maybe <laughs> I would have a flatter stomach. But I was like, but I love donuts a lot. So, so then I was like, okay. And that was, I guess, one of my reasons I did the bicycle trip because I was like, well, like for sure it'll get me in shape. And then as we were progressing through the States, through the continent, I would weigh myself periodically and I was gaining weight. Like my, the scale was increasing the number. And that is because muscle weighs more than fat. So I was gaining more muscle and losing fat, but for every one pound, for example, or one kilo of fat, I was gaining like two kilos of muscle. And so this experience really showed me that the scale is useless. <laughs> like <laughs> if you are actively, and that's what I tell people who are actively like working out, trying to build muscle and stuff. I was like, don't use the scale. It's really like try clothes. So if you have old clothes and they don't fit you anymore because they're too loose, that's a better judge of if you're losing oh. fat than the actual scale. And so after I got across the United States and saw that I still had some jiggles in certain places, <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is just my DNA. Like, obviously I'm in shape because I just freaking biked across the United States. (laughs) So I was like, so it really allowed me, like, it fully allowed me to like be in love with myself and like super body confident now because I was like, okay, if I was able to do this thing, I'm fine. My body's fine. Like, it's just DNA. Yeah, that's so important, especially like you said, especially with this era of always seeing those like pictures of other people that you could compare to. It's difficult to see that. And you know what? It's kind of interesting. I never heard that analogy of not weighing yourself, but seeing the clothes type of thing. So that's a great point. Throughout your entire experiences that you've accumulated, was there anything specific that you felt like resonated as a message for yourself or something that you feel is a really strong type of motivational message that you really hold close to your heart? Um, One of kind of the big one I kind of stole from Nike is just, just do it. <laughs> um, again, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but there's always an excuse not to do something. So that that comes from my dad. And so I'm always thinking of, okay, why should I do this? What What is the benefits in the future? And sometimes you don't even know the benefits. So 
um, traveling to Serbia, for example, I, um, needed a break. I was traveling like consistently every day to a different hostel, different city type of thing. And I was like, okay, I just need like three weeks, like cure my mind, like rest a little bit, sleep in and stuff. And so I picked Serbia randomly, um, because it offered me a work away. Like it's a work exchange program. And I worked in a hostel for three weeks. I just like exchanged the sheets on the bed and then they gave me free housing and breakfast. So it was pretty easy. And so I was like, okay, like, I don't know what life has to offer me here in Serbia, but um, I met some of the greatest people ever. So I guess it kind of goes into like everything happens for a reason and you know where you don't know where things go. And so some of these people I consider like my brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. and I am so happy that I did go to Serbia. One, I love Serbia. Serbia in general is like one of my favorite countries. But besides that, that I met these people from all over the world there as well. So kind of a lot of philosophies that are all cliches now, but honestly, those cliches, they're they're cliches because they're true. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, given everything that you've tried, I think it's such a great summary of you as a person just do it even though it's off ramp but (laughs) that's another thing so on a mindset level your perseverance is something that helped you plow through and achieve all the traveling types of dreams that you have not to say you won't have even more in the future but you know for someone who might want to I wouldn't say replicate but go through something similar where they have to do something physically strenuous across a long distance or something like that. Do you have any you know, practical tips for them as to how they can go about doing this? I mean, just again, another cliche, like it's all mental. Um, that was kind of the hardest part about bicycling is that it's just you. I mean, I was bicycling with my dad, but you have different biking speeds and then you can't bike at the same, like together, shoulder to shoulder because bike lanes and cars and all these things. So usually one in front of the other and Music, for example, is not recommended because you need to hear if cars are coming and all this stuff. So you're pretty much just stuck in your head the whole time. So I guess it's just being comfortable with your own thoughts. That would probably be my biggest advice to someone wanting to bicycle or hike, do a long distance hike or something by themselves. Is just be be comfortable with yourself in your head, like being able to have a conversation in your head with yourself type of thing, like not needing outside entertainment, being able to entertain yourself. And we can start small, like people can start small with that. If they want to do some trip, you know, you don't have to jump right in like I did. You can um, maybe set aside 10 minutes and just sit in your garden or like in a park for 10 minutes, no phone, nothing, and just practice kind of like entertaining yourself um, without technology and without other people and and practice makes perfect in our current generation or era it's definitely kind of a hard thing to separate ourselves from other like secondary platforms of entertainment like our phones or youtube videos or something like that so yeah definitely i can see that there's another sense of well-being when you're able to enjoy pure forms of entertainment like nature or traveling so you know after all of your adventures What are you currently working on or, you know, how are you doing currently? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, as of right now, the recording, like COVID is still very much a big thing. So we can't actively travel, but doing as much um, traveling within my own city um, and in my own province state, you know, I think we also forget that to travel in our own backyard type of thing. We're always still concerned about international travels or like across the country travels. So there's that um, on a personal professional work point of view I am working on building my business I have my own marketing company which is letting me become a digital nomad um, which is great 
So just helping my clients, gaining more clients and moving on from there. So that that is my major project right now. It's not necessarily so physical as bicycling across the United <laughs> States, but um, right. definitely mentally challenging. For sure. So if our audience wants to keep in touch with you, how can they contact you? Uh, yeah, I'm the most active on Instagram, which my handle is my open passport. And then that's related to my travel blog, myopenpassport.net. But um, otherwise, they can contact me um, via my marketing website, marinellayule.com. So M-A-R-I-N-E-L-L-A-Y-U-L-E.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Marinella. I know that there are many people who love traveling out there. Your story and your experience is so important. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for sharing your story on With Joy. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So guys, remember that winners never quit and quitters never win. It's easy to set the goal and work towards success as long as you persevere. Next week, we'll be having a CEO, business specialist, and most importantly, a party girl who previously worked 12 plus years at the Bank of America before creating her own streams of income by doing what she loves. Follow us at withjoy underscore podcast on Instagram and withjoypodcast on Facebook. All episodes are released every Wednesday and our YouTube segments are released every Friday. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you all next week.